Show. Come on. Locked in with DJ Chase on the pregame party mix podcast. What's going on, world? It's the pregame party miss podcast. Make sure you follow me on that Instagram underscore DJ Chase on that Twitter at DJ Chase, that Facebook DA Real DJ Chase. Lock in with me. Enjoy your listening experience. I hope you guys are really, really enjoying the podcast. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy bringing you guys really dope interviews. So, you know, have some fun. Tune in. Lock in. Yeah, the pregame party miss podcast. Let's get it. You are now listening to the hottest station. WDJC DB. DJ Chase Radio. www.djchaseradio.com. DJ Chase, the pregame party, Miss Podcast, right here on WDJCDB, DJ Chase Radio, YouTube, DJ Chase TV, DJ Chase Radio.com, and DJ Chase.net, iHeart Podcast, uh, Spotify Podcast, and Apple Podcast. But enough of that, man. We got our, um, let me see, how, how should I say, electro pop artist, legend herself. You know this man, Princess Nostalgia, PA Zone, Pittsburgh Zone. How you feeling today, mama? 
I'm feeling well. How about you? I'm all right. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So I can't complain. I'm on tour right now, so I can't complain. Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> where, where, where? You're a fan of craft work. I'm a, as I'm a, as a rap producer, Zulu Nation, you know, Soul Sonic Force. You, you, all, you just know how it goes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I had an interview with Dr. Dre. I think it was from a while back, but they asked him, like, what are you listening to this summer? And he's like, yeah, work pretty much exclusively craft work. And then I yeah. saw I'd sampled Trans Europe Express. Yeah song he did with jay-z i don't remember the name of the song but it never came out i never came it used it in a commercial that's what they never came out yeah spotify but i found i found it on uh, youtube oh youtube yeah 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 so you know metal on metal you know how i go a little craft work in there some mantronics the good the good the good stuff so yeah. <laughs> well, all right we'll have a lot to talk about then for sure, for sure. You know, uh, shout out to the PA. I love it out there, you guys. That that holds a special place in my heart in Pennsylvania. So I love you guys, man. The four one two, you know what it is. So I want to get. Let me know. I'm definitely actually. I'm trying to get my my cousin keep trying to keep me hostage, but I'm like, listen, I'm gonna come out there. So mm -hmm. you know, so I'm definitely gonna come out there. Now I want to get into your background. You have a a crazy crazy story. You're like a, a musical prodigy genius, you know. But you were born in, in Rome and you moved to Pittsburgh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's that's very interesting. Now that two those are two different worlds apart. Yep. So, you know, what, what, like, how did growing up, in, well, first of all, how was the culture change, like, coming back to America, or coming to America, growing up? It was definitely a culture shock. Um, you know, it wasn't extremely sudden, because my grandparents were based here, so I grew up coming to Pittsburgh to see them, but mm -hmm. my father is Italian, um, although it's a long story, but his parents immigrated from Italy to Australia after World War II, looking mm -hmm. for and he grew up in Australia, but moved back to Italy when he was like 30, so mm -hmm. still lives there. Um, but he would always make fun of us when we moved to Pittsburgh, because he stayed back there. And he's like, he went from Rome to the fucking Rust Belt. <laughs> but I want to uh. love Pittsburgh. It, I mean, both Italy and Pittsburgh feel like home, but this is where I came into my adulthood. So, you know, yeah. this, like, this is where I live. Yeah, for sure. Now I want I want to ask this right because even me like I've been in Pennsylvania for a little bit. Like I said I was out in Wooksville. Like even like me and Wiz Khalifa like the same. Well, we are the same age. So I remember when he was coming up, I was in Wooksville. I used to go to Wooksville to do the, the the casinos. That's when the casinos was big, like DJing uh, the casinos out there. So you know the music scene is really not that big except for Philadelphia. But the yeah. outside is you know you have the Pittsburgh, you have the Mac Miller. You coming from your yeah, Pittsburgh and uh, of course Wiz Khalifa, you know, but what made you want to develop your sound? Because you're probably the only artist that I've ever met from outside of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. That's interesting. Um, mm -hmm. I guess it wasn't really a choice for me. It's something I've been doing since I can remember. Like, I started messing around producing on GarageBand when I was, like, eight years old. Around the same time, I started playing the double bass just in the school orchestra and kept mm -hmm. doing it until I graduated from high school. And... Um, yeah, it was never really a choice, although I did grow up listening to a lot of good music, including Kraftwerk, um, through my father. Um, yeah. It was just, uh, yeah, obsessed with music, and he was a musician for a while, like toured in a big band and stuff. So mm -hmm. my mother was is a visual artist, so was my grandmother and my great-grandmother. So I was very fortunate to be raised by artists on both sides of the family and to be encouraged every step of the way and to be raised to never really doubt myself as an artist and I know a lot of people 
uh, aren't that blessed. A lot of people yeah, yeah, yeah. struggle with imposter syndrome sometimes, but generally speaking, I've always felt like I'm an artist. I have something to say. And, you know, um, in fact, sometimes I struggle to keep my pride in check, to be honest. <laughs> Nah, because you know you're the shit. That's why you'd be like, all right, I know I'm the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've been working since eight years old. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but at the same time, uh I have to balance that with, like, you know, I am not entitled to anything. You know, I'm lucky to even be able to chase my dreams because a lot of people get that chance. So, it's a balance. Yeah, tell me about it. Somebody who I've been doing this probably about the same age. I might be a little older than you, but I've definitely been doing this since a kid. And, you know, people always telling you you're not good enough. You're not making enough money. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know what I'm saying? Just let me be successful. You know what I'm saying? Like success always doesn't necessarily come in the the form of of financial. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, and you started producing at 10. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Did your parents, your parents like supported you full time? Like they've always said, okay, you know, it's okay for you to pursue music full time. Yes, um, although at the same time, I've had a lot of interesting conversations with my mother, especially. Um, at, my mother was, you know, an artist and she was pursuing a career and then she ended up, you know, having children and all the things that kind mm. of side you. So um, she's also my, very much motivated me to work very hard and to be on top of my finances as best as I can. So, you mm. know, I have obviously other jobs on the side, but... Mm. It's not, it doesn't feel like play. Like I do feel a certain degree of pressure Mm. based on her experience. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, understood, understood. Now you being like a classically trained artist and like you said, your your parents are just artistic as hell on both ends, Um, you know, when you when you working with artists or you or you create excuse me or create your own music, do you find it hard to like transition to more popular style from the classically trained music? Like do you say like okay, I'm making popular electro pop like you know because more rhythmy in the more popular music as opposed to structured traditional music? Do you find it a little harder? No, it always came naturally to me. I think you know playing in the orchestra definitely informed my ability to um, come up with my own arrangements, especially. Mm playing uh, the bass because the bass isn't really playing the most I mean in some ways it's the most intuitive part but it's also mm-hmm. kind of balancing the melody and so um, playing that role for 10 years kind of I guess helped me to intuitively be able to construct arrangements but the most natural thing to me is pop basically pop funk mm-hmm. like stuff but stuff with a pop sensibility like catchy stuff that makes you feel good that's that's all that's ever really come to me naturally I mean the, the training and classically speaking definitely taught me a lot but i've never composed classical music gotcha gotcha now your image your image is everything like from your visuals it's just fire like i'm just going through youtube having a field day so i'm just loving it uh you know deeper okay now in your own words right you say i prefer not to be too explicit when it comes to explaining my work but if i want to suss out my intentions listen to the music Mm-hmm. Now and, and I quote. <laughs> now, what does that quote mean to you? That's a very that's very specifically tailored wording. Like, what what yeah. made you say that? I guess that quote was specifically designed for print, especially because I've noticed anytime that I've received press and I say too much, mm-hmm. when I read my own words on the paper, like it doesn't read the way I intended it. It's one thing when I'm speaking and you can kind of see and feel my whole essence and intention looking Mm. eye to eye but i think on paper when especially because i studied philosophy in college so 
oftentimes when I try to oh okay it comes out yeah teenage people because I I'm like I don't want to come across as higher thought (laughs) I really believe the more powerful move is for my art to speak for itself and of course I'm happy to talk about it but I I'm trying to step back from my tendency to uh, overanalyze or overexplain things. Yeah, don't do that. That's that. That's probably the worst thing you can ever do in music. Like, <laughs> right? Like, I think there's a uh, like a lot of um, you know musicians love comedy, dabble in it, and the uh, vice versa. But the same thing goes for jokes. I mean, you shouldn't have to explain a joke when you fucking kill it. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, nah, but you know, honestly, you know what it is though. That's that's coming from Pittsburgh though. That's coming. Listen, y'all coming from you know, what I'm saying shooting guns and hunting and, and winning hard winners and real tree and mozzie oak. So you know what I'm saying. So it's that comes from that though. Now I want to say this: you work with a David Hillis, the new the, the dope producers from Pearl Jam, Allison Chains, Jay's Blunt. You know what made you like? Because you you already compose your own music, of course. You know what made you want to say, okay, I want to get a bigger producer to take my music to the next level. Yeah, so for for the first, basically until the pandemic hit, I, like I said, I, ha- I tend to be a very prideful person. And part of that came from the fact that as a producer, I often felt underestimated. Mm. And, you know, after every show, there'd usually be a guy coming up to me offering to help me. And I would, you know, try to at least politely decline and say, listen, how am I gonna develop my own voice if you're gonna step in before I've even found it. So it took me, you know, 10 years, however long of doing everything myself from, you know, um, writing, arranging, mixing, mastering, directing my videos, editing my videos, designing my album art. Now you go crazy doing that shit. That shit's way too much work. That's the realization I had was, I can't let my pride get in the way of making my music reach its full potential. And so I start to delegate now that I've proven myself, now that I've developed a body of work, I Mm -hmm. was ready to call in a team of people who believed in my work as much as me and contribute in the roles that were not my um, main areas of focus. My, My true passion, I realized, is composing and arranging and producing. But the engineering side, the side that's really getting into physics, Mm. that, you know, I just, I realized that someone like Dave has the skills to just push every sound that I've already kind of shaped Mm. range to, you know, be the fullest, most rich experience possible. And I believe that my songs deserve that treatment. And Mm. when, uh, when we met, it was just a completely natural thing. I was ready for that to call in that person. And then he came and then he showed up. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, like I said, as somebody who's sold a shit ton of streams and records in my life and DJ at a lot of places in the world, don't do everything yourself definitely like you know what i'm saying so it's okay like you know it, in a sense of like because i noticed this with a lot of artists like just uh wednesday just this past wednesday i did uh sobs right so i was just did it twice i just did it twice in like two weeks so i'm i'm noticing a lot of artists they really feel like they have this like and like somebody's like out to get them and i'm like sometimes it's okay like not everybody's gonna the illuminati and the dark forces are not coming to get you like it's okay like you know what i'm saying so no it's it's so great to hear you say that because the way i always describe it is i had a massive chip on my shoulder yeah yeah the first five years that i was performing and i realized how many opportunities i was shutting out because i was so defensive but at the same time i had to go through that phase to 
reached the point where I am at now. I had to protect my vision and, and have mm. a lot of strong boundaries, but yeah. absolutely right, you know. Yeah, not, don't, yeah. Yeah. You got it. You know what I'm saying? Trust me. It'll it'll happen. And also, too, what I like to tell you, because like I said, me going through your sound and just listening to, like I said, I'm going to get into Let It Spin because that's, that's my record right there. So, you know, uh, just like listening to it, I'm like, this shit is hard. Like, I'm just like, this is where I, this is the dramatic choir, the sound that I like. This is this is what I like, you know what I'm saying? So don't be so hard on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes even to take a mental break, like even me, like I'm, I probably produce, I produce every day. Like I, I go crazy if I don't produce something, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's okay to just say, you know what? Take a break. You got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, what's it going to say? Oh, the writing process. Now, let me ask you a question. When I, you produce, uh, working with David Hillis, does he do the instrumentation or do you guys like collaborate together and then you write the, the, the lyrics on top of the instrumentation so um all of my music that's out there i did the instrumentation wrote uh you know arranged every part wrote every part in the arrangement with the exception of some amazing guitar licks here and there from mm. my friends and collaborator uh from a long time ago joe Lightrick. Mm. and interestingly enough he had never heard of nile rogers but his playing that was the first thing i thought of um and so yeah, his stuff is in there and whether, you know, occasionally I've built a song around a riff that he sends me or he'll add a riff to a song mm. that I've already written. But basically what I'm doing with Dave now, and that can kind of circle into to, uh, what I was going to share about Let It Spin and my discography in general. Mm. Is I recently, two weeks ago, made the decision to take down everything I had ever released with the exception of Bandcamp and Spotify, or Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Mm. But for all the mainstream platforms, I took everything down and I'm revisiting all of my already recorded, already written tracks with Dave to just remix and remaster them to get them as... Got it, because we were going to definitely talk about that. I'm like, okay. So today, I'm yeah. in the studio with him for like, I don't know, all day remixing mm -hmm. a song um, called Guest Alt Switch. Mm -hmm. But yeah, all the tracks are written and recorded by me. Got you. Fire. That's dope. And All right. So now, do you like the stage better? Or you like the studio better? Um, I love performing, but I identify more as a studio musician in the mm -hmm. sense that my music is made, I feel like, to be listened to. Not necessarily, it's it's all MIDI, you know, it's mostly electronic sounds. So yeah. I want you to be dancing to You want to mix in the cans? You want to hear in the cans? <laughs> <laughs> And I love performing, but right yeah. now, I need my backing tracks. I'm I'm um, starting to to build a small band to occasionally support me, but mm. uh, yeah, I definitely identify as a studio musician, and I really want people to, of course, dance to it. But I want people to listen to my stuff on their best headphones. You know, got you, got you. I understand. I, that. I totally get that. Favorite music a lot of the time, and um, that's how my workflow goes, and so that's how I would really. <laughs> for other people to hear it. Or really, really great speakers in a club where they can really feel the bass, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, I want to ask this question, too. Now, the, the new single, Lost and Found, the video was fire. The song is just crazy. The song, because it jumps in, the, 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 the jump, like, in the minute, the minute 20 mark is just crazy. Now, I want to ask this question. Now, the video, where did you shoot that video at? So, um... That video is a mix of footage from like six years ago because basically we remixed and remastered the song and Dave was like, let's re let's at least get the video color graded professionally because I just did all that 
editing myself and it was just me and my friends like i didn't pay anyone for that first video or for any of my previous videos but yeah when he wanted to color grade it again i was like well we may as well reshoot uh some of the scenes because there was a few scenes in the old video that weren't exactly how I wanted them. Mm. So like, scene of me in front of those uh, sphinxes with like the titties, did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I'm like, this is, cool. this is crazy. That's a famous uh, landmark, which I didn't know was famous at the time, but it's in uh, Allegheny Cemetery in Lawrenceville in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And it's colloquially known as Titty Sphinx. And it's some like crazy old rich guy who just wanted some sphinx with giant tits on his grave. And it was, comp we just went there at like, I think, I don't know, eight in the morning. I just and did it, yeah. The application is just available for free. Like, it looks insane. It looks like you're in Egypt or something. Yeah. I do, the same, I do the same I do the same shit me and my um my a and all we find like random matter of fact there's a phone booth the only phone booth I think left in New York on like 50 something street and 10th Avenue we just started doing pictures there yeah that's, mm. I love scouting locations like that so. yeah, yeah yeah like it's the only one definitely definitely now that the video is fire the, the uh, lost and found video is fire like I just have to commend you on that I appreciate it yeah, yeah. Um, now you you are signed to Vault Records, correct? Or, or that's your that's your label, or that's a, a, a distribution label. It's a small label uh, <laughs> and studio based in Pittsburgh. Oh, dope. Dave uh, works there, which is how we met. I just visited because my mom's boyfriend's friend was recording there, mm. and just invited me to come check it out. And that is how Dave heard my stuff. And then he called me the next day, like, "Let's work." But um. Yeah, the vault. It's an amazing studio sitting in Neville Island, which is like a very, mm -hmm. um, it used to be very, very industrial. So now it has this kind of industrial ghost town type feel, which is kind of a microcosm of Pittsburgh's, you know, energy in general. But the point is, you would never guess a studio as beautiful as that to be sitting in Neville Island. But it's called the vault because they bought an old abandoned bank. And they oh, actually wow. put the actual vault in, in the basement into a real reverb chamber and everything. But um, yeah, it's the most beautiful studio I've ever. I got. I got to come out there. I got to come. We got to. We got to exchange information. I definitely got to ride out there. Yeah, we'll give you a tour. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Now the new EP, No Guru. When is that dropping? So we decided. Um, we decided last week that we're gonna release all four songs in the EP as singles because Dope. in today's attention economy it doesn't really make sense to do mm. you know an ep let alone an album unfortunately but mm. they will all um be released in leading up to february so the first single or the next single after lost and found will be out in probably december yeah december january february we'll be dropping three singles so gotcha come out in february and we're gonna have a release party at the Andy Warhol Museum in downtown Pittsburgh. Oh, send me the information. I'll definitely, if I can make it, I'm going to come to that. So oh, yes, I would love to see that. Gotcha, gotcha. If it ain't snowing, if the snow ain't too bad on 80, I'll be out there. <laughs> All right, now you got any shows coming up? I do. Uh, I have the biggest show that I would want to plug is going to be at Mr. Small's Theater. And it is called Summer on Mars. And it is a lineup of um, four femme artists who are going to be taking the stage, all in similar genres to me. So, yeah, that's the one that I'm really trying to promote. Nice, 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 nice. And it's on, uh, oh, God, it's on December 9th. 
the summer knife copy copy now before we get out of here one of my last questions is and i always ask people listen you're somebody who i feel <clears throat> when's your birthday if you don't mind me asking may 12th may 12th got you gemini close i'm a taurus taurus okay so you have that sternness to you yeah now what is one of the most difficult things that you feel like in your career so far like what is one thing that you say you know what my younger self i told my younger self i was going to go through this what is one of the most difficult things this at least one thing that you felt that has happened in your career thus far huh um That's, yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I would say the way you asked it sounds so deep and I, I feel like the the um, the more profound existential struggles I've gone and gone through kind of transcend music, but are definitely reflected in, in that. But mm. more practically speaking, navigating social media has been a drain on my spirit as an artist. Got uh, you. Just, I mean, how do you have enough time to make music if you have to be making content and TikToks all the time? I'm trying to <laughs> you know, that, that's been at least recently the most difficult thing. But in terms of, okay, in terms of like my whole life and kind of... No, no, that's, that, that's, that's a good thing. That's a, we can actually touch on that. We can go into a whole sphere of that. That's definitely yeah, a good question. Give another answer to your question, because the way you asked it made me want to say something a little more deep, maybe. But, but I've realized... Um, just because people respect your art does not mean that they respect you. Mm. And I've gotten that confused a lot in my life. B mm. Being raised by parents who are artists, oftentimes mm. I feel like that has led me to place so much of my self-worth in that. I like and that answer. I like that. I like that answer. Self-worth in your art and in your success as an artist um, makes you, it's it's not a path to happiness. Like my mm. self-worth, I'm, I'm trying to learn to ground it in just the fact that I am. It's about what I am, not what I can do. And anyone who really appreciates me, anyone who I want in my circle will appreciate me for me, not what I can do. And so learning to make that separation because before I was able to make that distinction, like there's a lot of sharks who might respect you for one thing, but it doesn't mean they actually will honor you as a person. Mm. You know, even if they're complimenting your art. You know, it's crazy. That's that's a, one of the dopest answers I've gotten thus far. Like people respect your art, but not respect you. That's crazy. You know, because you know, once again, I even me as a DJ, I deal with it. You know, what I'm saying people think that you know, I tell artists all the time, like, listen, I get about five thousand, four thousand songs a month. There's no way in hell that I can listen to everybody. It's it's impossible. Like I'm one person. Like. You know, so I go through it too. You know what I'm saying? Even people, oh, you don't have enough money. You don't have a Lamborghini. I'm like, well, I have a studio. I have a company. I have a radio station. Like, yeah. I don't, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, why is it, what is, what is, what is it me having 16 chains going to make a difference in my life? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything in the real world, you know? So I, I, I totally, totally appreciate that answer. And my very last question before we get out of here, cause I want to keep you too much longer is, uh, what advice do you have for anyone trying to get into the music business? Um, you have to start somewhere. I think a lot of people are so afraid to, to even try or to put something out there because it's not perfect, but you gotta start somewhere. How are you gonna get anywhere if you don't take that first step? Don't let that, don't let the fact that you're not where you want to be yet stop you from taking that first step. Like, let it spin that track that you really like. I'm remixing that because I put that out when I was like 
17. And to me, looking back, the mix is trash, but like. Nah, that record's fire. Don't, nah, I, as a DJ, listen, it got the, the Isley Brothers drum sample, the loop, and I'm like, oh, this is just, you can tell I listen to the song a lot. So I'm sitting there listening to it. I'm like, I'm sitting there breaking it down. The song is fire. Do not change it. Uh, well, I'm just remixing it to make it a little, but anyway, the point is like, <laughs> I didn't know then what I know now, but I'm still yeah. so glad that it's out in the world and that you were able to hear it. And I wouldn't be talking to you if I hadn't put all this shit out to get where I am now. So. There you go. I'm just teasing you. Don't mind me. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. I'm just trying to loosen you up a little bit. I'm teasing you. I'm just teasing you. I, I didn't know that those drum sounds were sampling the Isley Brothers because I used the, mm-hmm. the um, drum designer in Logic, but I wouldn't be surprised if they got their sounds from from that so yeah that's the footsteps in the dark the uh today was a good day ice cube those are the same drums easy okay that's sick um if i don't remember i'll ask you to remind me of that because i don't yeah mm-hmm. it's like the crate digger sound but i mm-hmm. wouldn't that makes sense <laughs> as oh. you see listen this is look i'm 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 this is what i do so this yeah, is the only you know, this you know is what stuff. Yeah, this is what I do. So <laughs> I learned something new about one of my oldest songs today. So thank nah, you. the record is fire. Like seriously, like I think that record right there is just a vibe, and the video was just comedy because I'm like, yo, where was I at when this video was going? I'm like, I should have been there. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I appreciate it. Nah, y'all was y'all was in there vibing. That that shit was hard. Like that record was hard. Like I I thoroughly enjoyed that. You know, uh, as a producer, I have to ask this before we get out of here. How can like say I wanted to send you some beats, a pack or something like that, or how can somebody collaborate you? How would somebody reach out to you? That's a good question because are I've you been... open? Oh, hold on, hold on. Before you finish that, are you open to collaboration? I'm oh I'm I'm figuring out the parameters that I am open to. I'm definitely open to musicians who might want to contribute some organic stuff to my arrangements but in terms of using other people's beats like i do this because i love crafting my own and i spend months and months sometimes years like just perfecting my own arrangements so in my creative process i don't have right now at least a space for another person's beat but into but i still like i want to be in touch with other artists lift each other up like collaborate on organizing shows together or giving Mm. each other feedback but Definitely like my one longtime collaborator, Joe Lightrick, his guitar elevates my songs every time. Like just some really tight, funky players. Mm. I'm always looking for that. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, what about some drum loops? Anybody can see some drums or something? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, okay, if you got like, if you got certain elements that, yeah, if you've got certain things I can sample, then we could talk. Gotcha. <laughs> Princess Nostalgia, man, the 412's own, man. Where can people find you? How can they reach out to you? Get the website, all that goodness. Yeah, you can find me everywhere and anywhere under Princess Nostalgia. Gotcha, gotcha. PrincessNostalgia.com is my website. Do you have it, man? It's the uh, DJ Chase, the pregame party in this podcast right here with Princess Nostalgia, Pittsburgh's own, man. You know, there's a new single, Lost and Found, out now, all streaming platforms. The EP, No Guru, dropping sometime, sometime soon, but we're going to get the singles. Vault Records, you know, there's Princess Nostalgia, DJ Chase, ready to pregame party in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's the one only DJ Chase, man. You know this, man. You're now locked in. DJ Chase Radio, the new, new audio home for the creative, man. Keep it locked. Stream 24-7. Let's go. We are lit. 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 Keep it You are now listening to DJ Chase Radio. Turn your radio up. The home of the creative. Tune in 24-7.